Hey everybody, welcome to another audio adventure. This is Adam of Daily Notes, presented by Almost Sci. I was really looking forward to having a deep dive conversation because of the 2020 Major League Baseball season is underway. We're going to be talking about our favorite baseball team, other than the Braves, of course, of the Almost Sideways podcast, and that is the Seattle Mariners. They've given us a lot of heartbreak throughout the years, but a lot of fun memories to talk about as well. I'm joined by the writer of Almost Sideways Sports section. He does a lot of writing here, Terry Plucknett. So, Terry, welcome to Daily Notes. You're big. Uh, you're familiar to Almost Sideways, of course. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me on. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's always good to geek yeah. out over over uh, baseball and especially the Mariners. Exactly, and a lot of people do not know that we actually you actually do a lot of writing for the sports section because we actually do cover a little bit of sports. We, we're we're movie not just movie fans, we're also sports fans too. So, how much fun do you have deep diving those uh, preseason predictions for baseball? Oh, it's so much fun! Yeah, every year I try to I try to do a little preview write up for each baseball team. Uh, this year was a little weird with the with the pandemic and all, so I I did a few back in March and then um, didn't and then got uh, just kind of threw together a here's what I think is going to happen in the season at the at the end of the or right before the season actually started. Uh, yeah, I, it's so much fun. I, I love writing those up. It's so much fun to geek out about baseball. Um, this year, I think, if I remember right, my I'm trying to look it up here. My prediction was, I think it was Dodgers over Rays in the in the World Series. That was my uh, that was my preseason prediction. So I mean, we'll see. Oh, yeah, we'll see. Definitely the not God. the Mariners. No, no, no. Hey, I'm surprised we're in fourth, though. That's, uh, well, after an 11-1 beating of the Astros last night, that's, uh, yeah, good stuff. Oh, good Maybe it was grief. more. I turned it off after, yeah. Yeah, we, there, there was a, for half the game, we had more errors than hits. That, that's all you need to know. Yes, exactly. And that was actually probably, uh, one of my first baseball games I've actually watched. We actually went out to Buffalo Wild Wings last night and was able to watch, like, several different baseball games. I was like, wow, this is so weird without fans it's definitely weird <laughs> it's a little different i usually try and catch at least part of almost every game so uh, i will say so on the local broadcasts here in uh, in the northwest they uh, they do twitter tuesdays and adam i don't know if you saw this but i won oh, yeah. one of the twitter tuesday competitions last Whoa. tuesday yeah wow. so i i got a i got a 50 dollar gift card to mcclendon hardware and then they they uh messaged me on twitter and said wait a second you live in oregon and mcclendon's like a puget sound thing so you want some t-shirts instead so they sent me a couple t-shirts so uh wow yeah yeah so i that's pretty cool i correctly predicted on tuesday that uh that tim lopes would score the last run of the game in uh, the mariners four to two loss so uh i guess pat (laughs) on my back for that Way to go, Tim Lopes, scoring the guy some t-shirts. <laughs> Funny story, I actually worked at McClendon Hardware for like almost two years, man. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I worked at the... I don't think I've ever stepped foot in a McClendon Hardware. Yeah, it's a good uh, it's a good local-owned uh, company. There's like six locations. So, anyway, deep. that's a very niche topic, hardware stores in your local towns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we really deep dive into the Mariners, of course, I wanted to give a shout-out uh, at... Some of you guys, you know, if you have iTunes, I know that I could e- easily access some of the comments and reviews here. I, I really want to challenge the listeners to, I think we can get up to 50 
reviews slash ratings on iTunes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. The end of, before the end of the year. I, I think we need to have a really strong goals because fake vague goals equal vague results. So I think we can actually get there. And um, also, I'm going to challenge you, Terry. If we have a new review on any of the services, we, we should shout out our listeners because without you guys, you know, we're just a couple of guys talking to ourselves. So uh, we really appreciate every single one of you. And so this is a review from actually a guy that I know, knew from YouTube uh, on iTunes. His name is SonicFan199105, uh, which his name's Shattuck the Review Guy on YouTube. But he says, very fun podcast. This is a very interesting, the history from sports all the way to the Rock Johnson list. I had, a, a, I had to listen to the podcast a few times in a while, and I'm trying to keep up with each week. This was a great, and I enjoyed this episode from start to finish, and I hope to see more in the future. So obviously we did a list uh, last week on Daily Notes, but I know he's listened to the podcast before. So thanks a lot, Shattuck, for review. Um, give us uh, some love on iTunes there. So anybody else who reviews, we're definitely every week we're going to start uh, shouting you guys out, and I think that's just something we should do guys back to you guys. So anyway, with that said, that's a, I'm taking a page out of the Almost Sideways Movie Podcast section. Uh, what are we drinking today, Terry? Well, I'm a little boring today. Um, I've got I've got a busy day and a busy afternoon ahead of me, so I, I just have some water. But um, I will say this morning, kind of when I have a busy day and I need that extra pickup of energy, one of my go-tos is uh, is the uh, the organic Rockstar energy drink. Um, so yeah, I don't have I don't usually do energy drinks, but this one, like all the caffeine, is like um, taken from uh, like organic coffee beans and stuff and and it, it it almost tastes like a like a mountain dew almost like if you like remember oh, surge nice. or something like that it tastes like that and but it's all it's all just like sugar and caffeine from coffee beans no chemicals no crazy stuff or anything like that so uh yeah had had some of that this morning to uh to get my day off to an energized start and so now i'm just i'm just milking some water <laughs> <laughs> there we go there we go uh that's that's really cool i haven't actually had that one so i drink a little too many energy drinks at sometimes because i also wake up like super early mm-hmm. to work but anyway uh today we actually went to costco and got this really awesome margarita mix this pre-mixture i got uh this is like a lime margarita mix it's super delicious like 12.5 percent alcohol so i'm uh, kind of slowly sipping this because i don't i don't want to mess up my my speech or slur anything today so nice <laughs> there we go nice yeah we don't need a, 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 a rehash of what happened at our top 10 of the year uh, uh, <laughs> of 2019 list. Anyway. Uh, so Adam, Adam, really talk- quick oh, before ahead. before you. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. 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 Uh, just an aside. I can't see you right now. Oh, yeah. Cause, yeah. So just, I, I didn't know if you were if if there was if that was an easy fix or not. I'm good either way. I just was letting oh, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Because I, uh, I exited out of the. Uh, thing to read the uh, iTunes because I didn't have it up on a different screen it's, it just went to like the regular like call screen so I'm, I'm fine either way I'm good okay so we'll, we'll just, let's just clap one more time and then we'll, uh, well go straight back you know what we, we won't we don't need to clap you just because once you have that set you just oh yeah duh. you just yeah, that's right. okay got it out so yeah we're good so okay keep going all right okay so we're talking about the Mariners today uh, of course I don't want to we're going to be talking about like a dream team that we put together and we're going to geek out about who we have on our roster, uh, 
what's our favorite players, kind of our least favorite players from each position as well. But I kind of want to just talk about, like, when we walk into Safeco Field slash T-Mobile Park now, where are we? where's our dream seats at? And where are we going to get some good food, some good brews, some good snacks, and what have you? So um, I'll start off this one, this category for, first. Of course, my favorite seats that I've ever gotten um, was, like, actually, I went on SeatGeek, and we got three seats for me, my daughter, and wife, Arlette, and we got 10 rows back on the third base side in, like, in the Kings Court area. So super nice, super close. We were we were playing the Blue Jays, and of course there was more Blue Jays fans than Mariners fans. Oh, the Canadian invasion! Canadian invasion, and uh, we got destroyed. <laughs> so uh, that was uh, that was always great great stuff. Uh, but that was one of my favorite seats. But I've also sat like ten rows back in right field against the Red Sox. Of course, more Red Sox fans than Mariners fans. Of course, we get the Boston invasion there. Uh, but anywhere I can get like close to the field close to the action i really love but i don't really think there's a bad seat in the house i've also got like i've sat uh, my wife at worked at a uh, in a, a leasing uh, like apartment uh, apartment complex type of thing and they had a uh, box seats they had like a company meeting there and we actually sat in the, the luxury box against new york yankees uh, that was fantastic it was catered that was probably like the most chill experience this was this walk in these special entrance and sit up there super cool but i like being down in the close in the into the action interacting with all the people and fans around so uh what about you terry where where's your dream seats at uh as i was thinking about that i was thinking kind of first baseline maybe like behind the dugout is good um my favorite seats i've ever had so we went one time and we were sitting out it was like a big family gathering we were doing we were sitting in the uh in the left field bleachers, you know, out under the, the, the big sign and the clock there. And, uh, we were there pretty early and one of the guys came up and said, Hey, to me and my wife, do you guys want these, these two special seats? And they had two seats, um, just like at the top of the 100 level down the, down the left field line that were like recliner lazy boy seats. And, uh, and so we got to sit in those and, um, and then we got to be on the big screen as like the 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 like picked ultimate fans of the of the uh, of the game and stuff and and uh, yeah oh, it was wow. it was pretty awesome it was pretty awesome those are the best seats I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, lazy boys first base side. Did you they like, give you any like free food or anything like that? Because sometimes I see like the Rainiers they do like chicken legs or some pizza. Yeah, no or something no like free that. food, but it was it was kind of like the seat upgrade. And, uh, yeah, and that, then our whole party, since there weren't many people there that game, our whole party got to move, like, right in the area around us, too. So everybody got a seat upgrade, so. Oh, that's, like, the, the biggest perk ever. Oh, yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It was great. I, I will say, I haven't, been, I haven't been to T-Mobile Park yet. I've been to a lot of games at Safeco. I haven't been to T-Mobile yeah. Park yet, so. And, and who knows when I'll be able to now. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, we don't, don't know. I actually was... Because I, I work for a company um, called Honey Bucket, and we service a lot of portable restrooms. And I actually was at T-Mobile Park, like, December time. I actually, my, we had some units on the field because they had this big, giant Christmas decorating, like, ice skate rink inside there. Mm-hmm. So I drove my truck out on the field. They had the Seahawks game playing on the big, the huge big screen and a bunch of other games as well. Um, so I was able to, like, service my units and also, like, 
watch a Seahawks game on, on the field, like in right field too. So I'm like, this might be like the coolest, like it's completely empty. You get to see everything and it's all decorated in like the Christmas ice skating rink too. That was really a, a, kind of a unique experience because I got to drive my truck from like the right field fence onto it. So seeing like the back, what's behind center field underneath the bleachers was pretty uh, unique experience that I've had. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've been on the field before too. Um, so every summer, um, we do our whole family does the refuse to abuse five k, and that oh, yeah. and that ends on the field every year. So you get to run run the uh, the warning track or all the way around the the stadium to end the end the race. And then a couple years ago, I went to a, a Seahawks game, and um, I don't know if they always do this. I don't really go to a lot of Seahawks games, but they were hosting a tailgate party in um in safeco and it was like a dollar cover charge to get in and we sat in uh in edgar's cantina and ate lunch before we went into the seahawks game so that was pretty cool too wow that's pretty sweet that's pretty awesome that's pretty okay anyway so now we're now you brought you brought up edgar's cantina so that's that refers to drinks and food so what kind of food when we sit down in those stream seats what kind of food are you like just drawn to we i, I gotta eat this thing at the game oh where are you going it's got to be the garlic fries there there's nothing like those garlic fries garlic fries and a beer and 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 i'm good to go and i mean the best part about those garlic fries is you know they're good because no one wants to stand near you for two or three days after you eat them because you are just (laughs) oozing garlic through your pores for days because there's so much garlic that's there's nothing better than that that is, that is true. I, and I, one of my favorite things to do uh, when you get to the games early, they open up like about an hour before the game, uh, or hour and a half before the game starts, and you can go and enjoy happy hour in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, in there, you can get like this kind of brew. So I always try to get like a Manny's, which is like a locally brewed beer, yep. also like a yep. Elysium. Or if I don't if I don't see a, Le- a Manny's, or a, you know I'm kind of craving an Elysium IPA or something like that. Like that's that's a great time to go get some like discounted beers. Also down in the bullpen, there's a really good, like, because I take my daughter to the games, my wife as well. We all get like a big giant slice of pizza, like three pizzas or whatever. And they're huge. I fill up this plate. They're like three bucks a slice. It's, it's pretty reasonable for being out at an event. And they, they kind of fill us up to like the seventh inning. That's where we kind of get our, our, an extra snack or two because we have to get the garlic fries. If you know anything about my wife, she absolutely loves like garlic and garlic fries are a great combination. So uh, we always have to hit that every single time we go to a game. So uh, fantastic choices there for, uh, for me anyway, and for you too. Yeah, I, I love about how, um, you know, it is the Northwest. So you go to T-Mobile and you can easily find some good local craft brew. It's not just Bud and Coors. I mean, if you that's what you want and you want to pay $8 for, you know, um, colored water like Bud and Coors are, um, you can, you don't have to. You can get, like you say, you can get, a, you know, a Space Dust IPA or uh, or some Manny's or, or something like that. So uh, that's always good. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's also, like, because it's, the Pacific Northwest. There's a lot of unique cuisines up here too. Mm-hmm. Like I know, especially when Ichiro and Kazazaki came over to the Mariners, one they were like one of the first clubs. I, I I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but we are one of the first clubs to have sushi. Like there's a place to get sushi at the ballpark. Did Did you ever have the Ichiro? 
Did you? I I had not had the Ichi roll. I, I don't think I, I ever I did had, either. <laughs> yeah. The weirdest thing I've ever ate there, and it actually um, it was couple years ago i think like 2017 was grasshoppers oh yeah i haven't had a chance to try the grasshoppers yet yeah if you like salt you'll absolutely love these grasshoppers super sodium high uh grasshoppers Uh, but yeah it was weird because they they sell them in the bullpen but that's the only place where you can get them and they sell out quick like i went i went there one time and they did not have them at all and then the next game i went to they actually did so i'm like i tried it and yeah, I tried it. That it was something I ate, so <laughs> it was all right. But anyway, so let's let's move on to because we're talking about our food. Of course, watching the, our team, our, one of our favorite teams play. What are some great memories that we've had watching this team play? Uh, Terry, how do you kick this one off? All right, so I've got I've got kind of like a a top five here, but they're not necessarily in any order. Um, I, I have, I will say I have clear, vivid memories of my first Mariners game I went to. It wasn't my first baseball game. Um, when I was little, we lived in the Bay area and I'd been to some Giants and A's games. Uh, I think I even, my parents tell me I went to a San Diego Padres game when I was a baby. But anyways, my first Mariners game was, it was either 1992, 1993, somewhere in there. Um, I do know it was... Like, I don't know if it was, like, the day before, day after, but sometime in the same week as the Chris Basio no-hitter. Uh, I do remember oh, wow. that, yeah. And um, and we were playing the Yankees when I went. And, uh, and yeah, it was just my dad was just one day in the summer, hey, we're going to go see a Mariner game. We walked up and bought a ticket right there because it was 92, 93, nobody's going to the Mariners. Um, yeah, exactly. it was, it was bat night and I got a free Edgar Martinez, uh, full size baseball bat that, um, my brother and I used and ran into the ground for <laughs> years and years growing up. Um, and I remember it was an extra innings game and we left like after the 12th inning and in the 13th inning, Danny Tartable hit a home run against us and we lost one to nothing. And it was like on the walk from the stadium back to the car, the one and only run of the game scored. And then, wow. yeah, and then we got to the car. It's like, we missed it. And then the game was <laughs> over. And so, uh, but that, yeah, I remember that was my first game. Um, when I became a huge super fan, I think along with so many other people was 1995. And I vividly remember the Edgar double in game five of the 95 NLD- ALDS. And whenever that's on TV, I have to stop. I have to watch because the, uh, just so iconic that, that shot of Griffey round and third is just amazing. And, uh, yeah, love it. Love it. Love it. I still get goosebumps on that call too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and I love, I love the Macklemore song that, that, yep. My oh my is such a great song. He talks about that. He's got the call of Niehaus in there. It's, it's amazing. Um, and probably my three favorite memories at Safeco slash T-Mobile, um, I always loved going in the Kings court. I got to do it twice. Um, I live in Portland, so it's a little harder to get up to games. I usually would try to get up to maybe one a year, but um, Kings court was always a whole lot of fun. And then the, the two biggest memories I had of being at games, I was at a game in the summer of 1999, right after Safeco opened. And I watched Ken Griffey Jr.'s first Homer at Safeco. Um, and uh, I re- and I remember I had, 
I had like one of the dis- old disposable cameras because I was taking pictures because it was, you know, first game at the brand new ballpark. And uh, I was playing around. We were up in 300 level out beyond the right field wall. Like, like I could see over the top of the foul pole. We were so high up there. Like, I'm not going to get any great pictures of the field. So I was trying to take <laughs> pictures um, with my disposable camera through the lens of the binoculars just to see if I could get some zoom because, I, you know, it was a disposable camera. I had no zoom. I had no good lens on it or anything. And I actually got a mid-action. I have no idea where this picture is. But um, a mid-action, like mid-swing, crack-of-the-bat shot of Griffey hitting his his home run. It's like, I'm going to take a picture of Griffey batting right as the ball crosses the plate. And it just happened to be the swing where he hit his homer. And I remember the picture came out, and you can kind of see in the corner, there's there's pretty well zoomed in, him swinging and hitting that ball. I have no idea where the picture is, but I just love that. And then the other one also nice. revolves around Griffey. I was... I went to, it wasn't the first game, but game two of uh, the first time he visited Safeco as a Cincinnati Red. And um, and that was just, that was such an amazing experience of seeing him come home and uh, and having that, that, uh, that game. So those are, those are my big, my big memories. There we go. And I, I remember actually, when, here's, here's a little kind of fun, like, moment too. You know, you and I actually met at a, Mar- uh, like, we've, our first time we actually met we went to a Mariners That's game right. in Kings Court too. Well, it was with Todd was there. My Arlette came. That was a fun. That was fun. Yeah. Was, yeah. All right. So some of my favorite memories. Well, I actually grew up in Anaheim, California, and I went to a ton of Angels games growing up. That's unfortunate. Uh, so I to, yeah, I know. Edison <laughs> Field. Edison Field. I was a huge. Uh, well, I went to like a lot of Angels games, and I also my mom also worked at a restaurant that all the mighty the anaheim mighty ducks went to which is the hockey team right there and um she worked right next door to the 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 restaurant that all the angels went to so my mom actually i still have this i have an autographed hockey stick from the the entire 1998-99 mighty ducks team which has like timu salani paul korea and a guy bear which is the goalie fantastic I, I still have like the quack whistle too that we uh, went to these games however we moved up here in 99 um and i kind of didn't really hadn't been to a baseball game for a long time and then i graduated um what was it uh i graduated uh when it was gra- no it was not junior high it was i graduated elementary schools so i was going to junior high so i went to my very first game in mariners game in 2001 perfect time to go oh yeah um uh, I still remember we were playing the Minnesota Twins. We had Paul Abbott on the mound. I was sitting third base side, which was really high up in this. Like I was underneath, like the first first level, but like high up, you couldn't see me from the TV or anything like that. But still, great seats, packed stadium. Paul Abbott was on the mound for us against Brad Radke. Uh, we, I saw young David Ortiz, which the Mariners he he was a Mariner at a time. He never actually uh, played for the Mariners, but he was Mariner property. Never, yeah, he was Mariner's property. Never actually played. But if you uh, if you listen, there's this really awesome uh, video series about the Mariners, too. That, like, Buner and Griffey were down in where David Ortiz is from and having, like, a home run derby contest, whatever. And David Ortiz was hitting the ball further than Griffey. And Griffey was the reason why David Ortiz was signed to the Mariners. It was one of the reasons, anyway. Wow. 
And uh, so I saw young David Ortiz. He wasn't really that great early years with the Twins, and he obviously went on to a Hall of Fame career and with the Red Sox. But uh, I remember John Olroot hitting a home run. Ichiro's first season, he had hit a home run. We won the game. I had it recorded for a while on VHS, which <laughs> obviously VHS, a lot of people don't know what that is anymore. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, that was one a great game to watch. I also saw, um, i trying to think of some other great memories. I went to, I was sitting in King's Court, I was sitting in King's Court several times when Felix pitched, at least three or four times. I Actually, one time it was called Night Court. We all wore like, we were all given like these black Felix Hernandez like t-shirts for the King's Court. It was like three levels high, which was com- completely different. That was a great game seeing Felix hit. Actually, one time, actually, on video, I think it's still on my wife's Facebook page, that I said, Robinson Cano is going to hit a home run right here. And guess what? Like the first, next pitch, Cano hit a grand, hit a home run. That's awesome. Like, it was that was legit. Like I was that was my favorite like call, and I just like totally freaked out in the video. It was awesome. Um, one of my another favorite memory. I went opening day with my dad one year, the year that we signed Sean Figgins, which was an unfortunate uh, Mariner signing. Uh, however, his best moment as a Mariner happened opening day. He laid down a perfect bunt single down the line, which we won the game in the bottom of the ninth inning. To send the home, the fans home happy. That was a fantastic experience to watch there. Uh, I I have seen a, a couple of, like really bad plays, and I don't want to necessarily ruin this this early. But uh, Unieski Betancourt, I, I watched against the Diamondbacks. Like he ran out to like left field, and he Indy Chavez was on our team, and he was clearly calling for the ball, and he, they ran into each other, and he, uh, Unieski blew the guy's knee out. And oh, that, that was, was nasty like, too. That was a nasty. That was really hard to watch. And watching it live, the people were like, "What happened? What happened?" Because I was with uh, uh, this, I don't know, a friend, and they it was like a coworkers uh, party type of thing, and they were all talking. And I'm, I don't know anybody, so I'm just, I don't care. I'm watching the game, and no one knew what happened. But like, I was, I clearly saw it. And that was one of the worst like injuries I've seen in a while. Um, of course, I went to Jay Buhner uh, Hall of Fame induction night for the Mariners, so a ton of people got their head, were shaved their heads for that. Uh, but yeah, that's just some of my quick, like, off-the-cuff memories that I've had. Uh, I love taking my daughter to the games, too, because she uh, she actually got put on the Jumbotron at the Mariners game, too. Like, it was the ninth inning. She was super good the whole game watching it. This was, like, before she really could talk. And then, of course, right when she was um, on the screen... She became a diva. She's like, yeah, I'm there. I sign for my bed. Let's go. More time to go home, Dad. Let's go. Uh, anyway, so that's quick some of my memories. I, I, I love going to the games. I really do miss it a lot. Like, it, I was planning on going several times this year because we have one of my wife's sisters who just moved up here and who's living with us, and she's never been to a baseball game. So I was like, we're going to the Mariners. And, of course, 2020, the season of love and, and uh, disappointment uh, just uh, keeps on giving to us every day. So, Fortunately, no games this year. So, anyway, unfortunate yeah. events. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to our next thing. We're building a dream team. We obviously lo- are loving the Mariners. Um, unlike a lot of other teams, it's it's pretty easy to know who we're putting on our our favorite, our best team here, like our dream team of the Mariners. So what we have here, Terry and I will go back and forth. We're talking about our – we're going to give our – kind of our, our pick for our dream team lineup for each position, catcher through DH, and then we'll give our – we have a starting lineup and a kind of a closure and some 
different bullpen guys. I have a bench player. And to keep it a little different, I actually picked a year for uh, what player I want to have on my team, too. So keep it a little fun, and, a little fun, engaging conversation. Terry has, like, his worst picks as well for each position. So let's dive into it. You want to kick it off with catchers there, Terry? Sure, yeah. Well, and, and so, I mean, being a Mariners fan, it's uh, it, it's kind of asking for, for some letdown and disappointment. I mean, we have the longest playoff drought in North American sports right now. It's been since 2001 since we made the playoffs. As a franchise, I think, what, we've made the playoffs three, four, three or four times total. I mean, this is it, it's kind of ridiculous that how... Like four times. Four yeah. times, yeah. And so... Uh, there, there's teams that are like, oh no, we haven't won the World Series in 25 years. It's like it took us 25 years to get to the playoffs. I mean, it, so yeah. being being a Mariners fan, there, there's, there's its its level of disappointment. However, we always have our favorites, but we also have those ones that just you you can't stand, and th- those pop up even more than normal in in Mariners. So I'm kind of giving my favorites. I I have I couldn't narrow some of them down to one. And then some definite dishonorable mentions of this is why the Mariners are the Mariners. Um, so yeah, catcher, uh, you got to go Dan Wilson. I mean, Dan the man has to be has to be the top guy. Um, I was I, I I was kind of a, a Kenji Jojima fan too. So I'm I'll throw his name out there. And I, in fact, right now the the Mariners shirt I'm wearing is a Mariners shirt. I won't I really can't turn around, but yeah, I'm not got number two <laughs> Jojima on my back here. Um, and, and just for Todd's sake, I got to throw out there, his favorite catcher of all time was Tom Lampkin, who was, well, there we go. yeah, just, just one of those great backups and one of those great catchers that batted left-handed. It, we're, that's always good to have. Um, my disarmable mention was easy here. Rob Johnson. I hated that guy. Um, yeah, be, because Johnson. he was, he was a catcher that literally couldn't catch the ball. Like he, he dropped like one third of every of all the pitches that he caught yet you know the pitchers liked him so he ended up catching more than kenji some seasons it's like how you this guy literally can't catch the ball and he would hit 150 why is he on the field i couldn't stand it so yeah that's my that's my dishonorable mention catcher (laughs) rob johnson swung a pool noodle up there yeah yeah it was (laughs) ridiculous ridiculous all right before I reveal my top five, Greg Johns actually uh, in 2020, March 2020, he actually put an article of his top five of every position. So I'll read that out throughout the uh, our ep- the show here. Uh, uh, he actually put a pull, uh, Twitter poll out too. I, I won't read the results of those, but number one catcher Dan Wilson, uh, clearly 94 to 90, 2005. Number two on the list was Mike Zanino uh, from 2013 to 2018. He I always wanted number- Z- Zanino to be great. I, I did too, and unfortunately, I thought he was going to become great once we traded him to the Devil or the Rays. But unfortunately, that's not really that's not happening either. <laughs> I was like, man, you're playing in Yankee. You're going to be playing in Yankee Stadium for like 15 games. You're going to be hitting a lot of bombs. But I guess that's not the real case. No. Uh, number three on this list is Dave Valley from '84 to '93 is when he played. Uh, number four on the list is Kenji Jojima from 2006 2009. He's the first Japanese player to become a full time MLB catcher, and he actually has like. He finished fourth in the AL and Rookie of the Year voting in 2006, which was his best year. He set a, rec- a rookie record for most hits by a catch with 147 while batting 291 with 18 home runs that year. So that was definitely his best year. And number five, I actually don't remember this guy playing. 1977 to 1980 was Bob Stinson. He caught the first game in franchise history. 
Bob Stinson. Honestly, it's not so. really worth talking much about what happened with the Mariners pre-1990 or 89. Whenever Griffey showed up, like Alvin yeah, Davis, player, Harold yeah, Reynolds, Davis, yeah. Mark Langston. Outside of that, you, yeah. there's really nothing to talk about that happened pre, yeah. pre-Griffey. Yeah, his, his honorable mentions for the catcher spot was Tom Lampkin and Scott Bradley, which I've heard of Scott Bradley. Yeah, uh, he caught he the first the no-hitter in club history. Yeah, he caught the the Randy no the hitter. first no hitter. The Randy no hitter, yeah. And he caught uh four five hundred and sixty two career games behind the plate, fourth most by a mariner. So Okay. Oh my dog's barking. Alright. Alright, so my catcher, of course, Dan Wilson. I, I gotta go Dan Wilson, but I'm picking up this specific year. Nineteen ninety six Dan Wilson, I think mm-hmm. that was his best year. Uh he, uh, he, let me see here. He was his only all-star appearance, which is crazy. He had 18 home runs, 83 RBIs, batted 285 that year, had 140 hits. Just a, oh, wait, wait, I'm reading the wrong line. No, I'm reading the right line. Okay, never mind. Forget me. Uh, so, great year for Dan Wilson. 1996, Dan Wilson as my catcher. Dave Valley would be my backup uh, from, like, 1983 or 1993 Dave Valley. But, again, he was kind of a light-hitting catcher. He was – but – I got. I wanted to mention some older guys. Kenji was also also something I wanted to mention too. Uh, if I'm if I had to be put on the spot for a guy like I've kind of a favorite, which I know he necessarily wasn't that great, was Ben Davis. I don't remember. Oh yeah, remember Ben Davis. Oh yeah. He got traded. He got traded with Freddie Garcia to the White Sox. So I believe that was uh, uh, around that time. Yeah, we um, got him from the Padres at some point in the late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So Ben Davis was a. I I enjoyed Ben Davis. He I wanted him to be a lot better than he was, but dishonorable uh, mentions. I kind of want Mike. I probably Mike Sanino, unfortunately, because every time he's up, like he always had somebody on base. It was either a home run or a strikeout, and that's that that's kind of what happened with Mike Sanino, unfortunately. Or he would try to hit hit a home run to be like warning track power. So it feels uh, like so a, a theme of the Mariners. Uh, over especially this playoff drought or playoff drought is untapped potential and Zanino's a perfect example he was the number three pick in the draft he was supposed to be this this great guy and I mean he's a good defender is like one of those well he'll at least be able to to catch and call a good game which he has been able to do but the yeah the bat just never came around and and whenever it looked like he was gonna be he was gonna figure it out he'd get hurt and yeah yeah very true. All right, so we're moving to first base now. Well, I'll one one last one last oh, dishonorable mention that I that I'll throw out there that's in the same vein as as Mike Zanino, Jeff Clement. You remember Jeff Clement? Oh, Jeff Clement, dude. Yeah, he actually did pretty decent when we, we traded him to the Pirates. He did uh, decent is a relative term. He was he yeah, was that's true. <laughs> he he managed to stay on a roster when he went to Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, of the Pirates are probably just as bad as us, so it was easy to stay on that roster. And he was another one. I think he went third. I think he was the number three pick in that draft. And you look at all the guys that were taken after Zanino and after Clement, and it's just ridiculous that that's who we end up with. And yeah, I, I, he may yeah. played. I think he may have played like twenty five games for the Mariners. A number three overall pick is just ridiculous. Okay, go on yeah, to no. first base. Okay. <laughs> first base i think yeah I, there's there's two clear answers here two clear answers alvin davis and john oldrood so who do i have on my team i was looking kind of out of my lineup i kind of put a lineup together and i had really a lot was really a left-handed heavy so i'm going to go with alvin davis however so john oldrood was oh damn alvin davis is a left-handed batter too apparently i didn't research too good enough i have two left-handed batters anyway party fell but i'm gonna go 
Party foul. Yeah, anyway, so uh, John Olroy was really good. 2001, 2002, exact same numbers, basically. Like I think like one more home run like in the next, the 2002. But fantastic first baseman. Always says like he grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so Olroy's a great choice there. Like I said, he hit, I saw him hit his first home run. At, uh, my first home run of him was at my first game. So, uh, But I'm going with Alvin Davis, 1984, his rookie year. He batted, had 27 home runs, had 116 RBIs, was an all-star, 161 hits, batted 284. Just a super solid guy. Like, if you're picking somebody from, like, before the 90s, Alvin Davis is the guy. One of the first Mariners, Hall of Famers as well. Um, he, Mr. Mariner for, yeah. for a while, you know, 84 to 1991. His last season, he did go to the California Angels. Didn't do too well in only 40 games, so... Uh, but, the, yeah, Alvin Davis for me, clear number uh, – not really clear. I think the numbers are pretty much the same for Olroot. I think he, Alvin had a little bit more home runs. Uh, dishonorable mention, uh, I will say uh, I really wanted this guy to be a lot better too because there was so much hype coming up from the Rainiers, and that's Bucky Jacobson. Oh, Bucky. Big old tall redhead guy, super powerful, played like 12 games <laughs> or something like that. I don't even know his whole stats. Uh, I'll pull up his stats on baseball reference. He, he right had now and, all right. He came up and had and had like a great last two months of a season and became like oh, he this cult hero. And then yeah. he was never heard of again. He played 2004. Played 42 games, 44 hits, and 160 at bats, nine home runs, 28 RBIs. I'm like that's a pretty good sample size. Yeah. Had a 275. And then never played again. 835 OBS, and only grounded out into three double plays. That's not Pat. That's a great, actually. Dang, whatever happened to that? I have guy? no idea. Like, he just disappeared. Yeah, his 162 game average on Baseball Reference right now: 170 hits, 35 home runs, 108 RBIs, a 275 batting average. That's you know what? He's on a dishonorable mention. He might even make my freaking uh, dream team right here. Like that, <laughs> those numbers are fantastic. I'll I'll throw this out. Here we go. Uh, dishonorable mention: Justin Smoke. Oh, Smokey. There we go. Justin Smoke. Uh, we traded Cliff Lee, who yep. was actually really well, who was really good for him, and he was supposed to be this really up and coming prospect. But unfortunately, he's Joey Gallo light, and Joey Gallo is a lot better than uh, Justin Smoke. I think Justin Smoke's playing for the Brewers right now, yeah. doing the same thing. Two twenty one average, I think that's what last time I checked. Uh, so yeah, Justin Smoke. Talk about some potential. Had like one good year in Toronto where he made the All Star team, and has really done nothing since. Being a switch hitter too, I think that would that was his like a really good thing for him, but didn't really pan out for him. Yeah, we got him, and it was like he's gonna be the he's the next Mark Teixeira, and it just it just never happened. And uh, yeah, and and uh, he was. Do you remember who the other player in that deal was? It was Cliff Lee for Justin Ooh. Smoke and Blake Bevan. There's a name for you, oh, Blake Bevan. Blake Bevan, yeah, bullpen guy, yeah. Or he started a couple. He of games, he yeah. was in the rotation for a little while, but never That's never right. really materialized. Uh, yeah, Smoke was a that that didn't that didn't work out. And yeah, he's on the Brewers now. Um, and so going back to Alvin Davis, John Olerud, yeah. When you're nicknamed Mister Mariner, you got to be considered. I never I never watched him play because I didn't yeah, become a Mariner either. fan until later. Um, Olerud, you gotta love. I mean, he. I think he went to Wazoo. He was a two-way player there. I think. I think there's a two-way player like award in college baseball now called the John Olerud Award. I may be wrong about that, but I think that's true. And I think he also holds that distinction 
of never had never going to the minors before he hit the big leagues. Like he went straight from college, got drafted, and made his debut in the big leagues. So, uh, so that that made Olrude cool. However, I will say possibly one of the greatest miracles of uh, in Mariner history is uh, John Olrude hitting for the cycle because he may have been the slowest Mariner of all time. And uh, and yeah, it was in San Diego. At the at old Qualcomm, the ball like got lost in the corner, and for like ninety percent of the league, it would have been an inside the park home run. But like Olrud had to slide into third to make it a triple. It was ridiculous. But yeah, <laughs> you, you got you got to love those two. Um, Tino, you could throw in there too as another another easy one. Um, I went with a couple of just kind of personal favorites from the from the mid to late nineties that I always thought were unsung heroes of those teams. Um, and that's Paul Sorrento. I, I was a huge Paul oh, yeah. Sorrento guy. I mean, no one ever talked about him. He would hit like 30, 35 home runs a year. Um, but no one ever talked Super about him because underrated. he was behind A-Rod and Griffey and Edgar and Buner. And then like in the six or seven holes, Sorrento, and he's banging out of the park too. Uh, the other guy I always loved was David Segui, another switch hitter. Oh, yeah. That dude yeah. had one of the more most intimidating batting stances up there at the plate. Um, I, I love how he would like fire a 95 mile an hour fastball to the second baseman to go around the horn after we, after they get an out. Um, and I always thought it was cool that his dad threw out the first pitch as a Mariner, Diego Segui. And so, um, and so the last pitch in the kingdom, uh, was, uh, David Segui's son threw the last pitch to him in the ceremony after the last game of the kingdom. So that, that symmetry there, cause he was on the Mariners at the time. I always thought it was really cool. My dishonorable mention, this, cool. this was an easy one for dishonorable mention because, you know, in the last 15, 20 years, the Mariners have made a lot of bonehead decisions and why did you sign that guy to multi-million dollar deals? And Richie Sexton, I mean, why? Why? He, he, we always, Todd and I always joke that Sexton was always good for uh, for a three RBI game um, when we would lose nine to four, like, like he, he, it's, he'd come up in the eighth inning when it was nine to one and he'd hit a three, three run homer. It's like, Oh yeah, great to not hit it when it counts because he always struck out when it counted. He was, he, he was just horrible, horrible. And it it was like a, we sounded like a five-year deal. Ah, all right. Uh, I remember watching, he get, he got hit by a pitch one time and he charged the mound, dropped his bat took off his helmet and still missed because if he would have taken the bat to hit the pitcher, he would have swung and missed him. I, so. my, my favorite thing about him, yeah. I, I, we got him after he got injured. He played like one season with the Diamondbacks. He only Diamondbacks, played like yeah. 10 or 15 games. And I remember he like broke his collarbone on a check swing. Like go yeah. back, go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah. Go back That's and watch it. I remember that he, now. It was a, it was a pitch. He did a check swing and and fell over in pain. It's like what happened? He broke his collarbone on a check swing. It's like yeah, that's someone we want to give five years, eighty million dollars to. It's like, what? Yeah, and our, the Mariners' defense at that time, yeah, he did. He was before that. He, he was hitting bombs in the with the Brewers, but still, like he's yeah, never the same. But you're gonna love Greg Johns's list here, going back to Greg Johns off uh, MLB uh, MLB.com for the Mariners players. Number one, Alvin Davis. Uh, number two, John Olrude. So easy, number one, two. Yep. We mentioned those guys. Number three, uh, Bruce Bochett. I don't remember. I, I'm not pronouncing it. 
Bakhti, that's right, Bakhti. Uh, 78 to 82. He hit 316 as an all-star in 79. So he was number three. I think number I think four, he was I think he oh. was our our lone all-star in the all-star game that was played in the kingdom. Ooh, ouch. Yeah, that, that's a bummer. Yeah. For sure. He got like a uh, like an RBI single in the game, if I remember right. Well, that's cool. I mean, I don't see that here, but yeah, that's 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 crazy. Um, number four, Tino Martinez, ninety to ninety-five, went on to bigger and better things with the Yankees. Uh, and then we got number five, Richie Sexton. <laughs> he had great stats, but and like I said, yeah. the stats were were all cloak yeah. and dagger because none of them ever mattered. He set a club record for home runs by a first baseman with 39 in 2005. He signed a four-year deal for $50 million, which seems super low now, uh, even though it was a lot of money back then. Just the deals this year or these, this time is crazy. His first season was great, 263 average, 39 home runs, 121 RBIs. His follow-up was 264 with 34 and 107. Okay, those are pretty good numbers, but then... The final two years, he wound up being released midway through 2008. He posted a 6.6 war in his first two seasons, but minus 1.1 in his final two. I mean, it wow, ta- what a drop It off. takes a lot of effort to get minus, like, a whole win above replacement. Like, that that's hard yeah. to do. Yeah, that same offseason, off we signed Sexton and Beltre. And Beltre was another fairly big disappointment for us and then he went on to be a hall of famer as soon as he left us so that's a i think that's another theme of the mariners you come to the mariners if you want to be a hall of famer immediately after you leave yeah that's a good point <laughs> uh uh honorable mentions david sigi paul sorrento that's the two that he mentions here cool okay kick it off with second base all right, second base. Uh, this was one of the tougher ones because there there have been some some great second basemen. I mean, the the Joey Cora drag bunt in Game Five of the ALDS in '95, you know, makes him one of the more endearing players in all Mariner history. Uh, I love Brett Boone, the the bat flip, the two strike stance. I mean that that dude was just cool, and he could he could feel like nobody's business out and out out at second. Um, I always had a soft spot in my heart for Jose Lopez. Um, he didn't have a have a great end of his time with the with the Mariners, but there was like, if I remember right, there was like a decade in the in the mid two thousands there, like between yeah. between Ichiro. Well, so, no, it was like a decade where Ichiro was the only position player for the Mariners to make an All Star team, with one exception. And that exception was Jose Lopez. Jose yeah. Lopez made an all-star team, and he was the only other position player to make an all-star team as a Mariner in, like, a decade's time in there. Like, yeah, like awesome. until until my, my top second baseman, Robinson Cano, came along. Uh, Cano, I, I always loved Cano. Um, he was one of those guys that even as a Yankee, I'm like, this guy is just fun to watch play the game. And I remember I geeked out so hard when we signed him, and it was a ridiculous deal, but I get why we did it. It made us, like, a legitimate team. It made us actually, you know, nationally important by being able to sign one of the best players in baseball and get yeah. them to the Northwest. And uh, and he, he didn't play as well in Seattle as he did in New York, but he was still a really good player for us. He was effortless in the field. Um... 
I th- and yeah, he had a steroid suspension, which which kind of tampers his legacy a little bit. But I I look at Cano and Cano is the second baseman as as Griffey is to center fielders, just naturally gifted and effortless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just he made, come, came easy to him. Yeah, it comes easy. And then I gotta say, dishonorable mention. In the same vein as Mike Zanino, Jeff Clement, if you're going to keep going on that list, eventually you got to get to Mr. Dustin Ackley. I mean, yeah, that's easy. number two overall pick in the draft. Um, he, uh, we, we sweep the final series of the season to, uh, to get more wins than the Nationals. So we get number two. They get number one. They take Strasburg. We take Ackley. Ackley is supposed to be like this can't miss guy. He's supposed to be just a hitting machine, hit 330 every year. He, it was lucky if he broke 200 and never, never turned into anything. And I always thought it was funny that, you know, we drafted him with the number number 2 overall pick and then in like the 3rd round we drafted his teammate who ended up being one of the ends up being one of the best Mariners of all time, and that's Kyle Seager. Same college team just 2 rounds later and he ends up being the big deal. And uh, and yeah. Ackley's out of the league with way too quickly. Yeah, he even went to the Yankees and the Angels, and just just was nothing. His best year was his rookie year, and yeah, Ackley, not a good. That's a dishonorable mention for me too. Uh, my second baseman, you basically mentioned Brett Boone was. I think that's an easy one to put. Like he had some great numbers. Played with the Mariners twice. He was the first third generation superstar like player, along with his brother Aaron Boone was there too. Uh, went out with the Mariners, but. He was in the league too at around the same time. I think we had if we're mentioning older Mariners, Julio Cruz. He's like a speedster in like the seventies. Uh, but Harold Reynolds is another one you gotta talk to. He's and most yep. known for the MLB yep. network now. But uh, underrated for me, Jose Lopez. Like he has some like sub, like two to three years. Like he was pretty solid at that position. Like he was in that Unieski Betancourt, like Jose Lopez type of year. Uh, like generation like he hit he would hit like 20 tw- or 15 to 25 home runs knocking about 78 to 80 you know runs so he, he was a pretty solid player for what it was i but i think the best one for me is uh, brett boone um my dishonorable mention uh yeah dustin actually i think that's pretty easy to say who that was uh who that the worst mariner was i'm trying to pull up that greg johns article here it just refreshed Come on, there we go. And number one on his list was Brett Boone. Number two was Robinson Cano, which I can't argue with that. Harold Reynolds was number three. Number four, Joey Cora. And number five, Julio Cruz. Honorable mentions was Jose Lopez. Perfect. So just missing out. 2006 All-Star. So basically mentioned everybody that was talked about. So uh, going with the shortstops now, I'll kick this one off. I think it's pretty easy. We had a Hall of Famer. Uh, who had some steroids stuff, and that's uh, a Rod, uh, Alex Rodriguez, uh, fantastic player. Came out like following up, like came in right at that time where we needed uh, another big bat to help the Mariners make a playoff run. And uh, his '96 season was like phenomenal. He had 36 home runs, 123 RBIs, 358 batting average, uh, 54 doubles, 215 hits. Like he was a like, superstar. He was a fantastic player. Unfortunately, his time as a Mariner kind of got soured when he signed this huge deal with the Texas Rangers where people were, like, throwing, like, fake money on the field. or It might be real money, so you might want to pick that up. But uh, he was – he's a great, like, good player. But I never actually watched him play, like, live. 
I've, mo I've seen, uh, you know, there's Omar Fiskel, which was a solid defender guy who would always get on base, too. But the guy I really saw was Carlos Guillen. Um, Carlos Guillen was like that early 2000s player that would uh, was really, really solid. And, but he, he left the, the Mariners and became this all-star player with the, uh, the Detroit Tigers. He would, like, he knocked in 100 runs, started hitting a little bit more power and stuff like that. So that was uh, kind of disappointing. I wanted him to be a little better with us. Uh, of course... One of the guys I want to mention too, uh, Gene Segura. Only played two years with us. It was funny in 2009, uh, end of 2018 season, I bought two Mariners jerseys, Mitch Haniger and Gene Segura. And I'm always like skeptical about buying a jersey because I'm always afraid they're going to get traded. And guess what happened? Like two weeks later, after I bought that jersey, <laughs> he got tra he got traded to the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> so I was like, well, at least I got him at a good time. Uh, a good year, so I'm like I'm not upset with that jersey, but Gene Segura uh, made that All Star team in 2018 as the final vote. Like he was so deserving. Uh, surprised he didn't he had to go to the final vote, but Gene Segura that's a solid player right there. Yeah, and good uh, good trade too because we also got Mitch Haniger for him too. With him, I admit. I admit. Yeah, yeah. Bu buying a, a jersey of a current Mariner during the Jerry Depoto era is a bad investment. That, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I got luckily I got a, a good deal on it. So good, that's, that's good. Good. Yeah, I, I got Carlos Guillen. I've got written down too. Uh, he's one of those quiet, quiet stars of uh, of that era, and he's one of the guys that became a Mariner because of the Randy Johnson trade to the Astros. Um, so that mm -hmm. that was one of the guys that they got in that um, in that deal. I'll, the moment I will always remember with him is the uh, the kind of weird drag bunt half slap hit thing that he did in uh in the uh 2000 ALDS to beat the White Sox where he somehow was able to step on home plate which nobody saw and then uh hit this drag bunt that got past the pitcher and like past the first baseman into the into right field it was ridiculous but it won us the game um but yeah it's got to be A-Rod it's got to be A-Rod I mean you you mentioned 96 he he barely barely uh past the uh the um the uh minimum games played thing for to keep his rookie status so it wasn't technically a rookie year um or else he would have won rookie of the year over Derek Jeter that year um and then he and he still almost won the MVP on a on a roster with Griffey he almost wins the MVP but Juan Gonzalez beat him out um yeah, he was he was amazing and young Arod, just that lanky kid out there. I he would bust it down the first baseline on every ground ball. I, you you couldn't you couldn't beat that. Um, and uh, he he was the best. He was the best, and that's why everyone was so mad when when he left. Some dishonorable mentions. Um, some some bad acquisitions at bad times in their career. Uh, Rich Aurelia was a Mariner for a yes. year. Yes, wow. Um, he. He was a good shortstop for the Giants and tried to have one last I – mean, he signed the deal with the Mariners and showed that he was done and there was nothing left in the tank, and it was quite obvious very quickly. Um, one of the horrible trades in the mid-2000s for the Mariners was their acquisition of Jack Wilson from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, yes. oh my oh, word. Jack. That dude – uh, and I loved the I loved the trade at the time because I thought he you know he's a gritty player he's gonna fit in great and he he couldn't hit he couldn't he was hit an all star player too 
Yeah, and he was a gold glove caliber guy, and he made some spectacular plays. I remember he turned a ridiculous double play for the Mariners, and that was the only highlight he ever had. And then uh, one of the one of the things is giving up on a player too soon and trading away, you know, that prospect that's going to become something. Cattell Marte, I mean, what did we do? What did we do? I mean, yeah, yeah, it got yeah. us, it got us injured Hanniger, and Segura, who we ended up trading, which we did turn into J.P. Crawford, which is working out all right. But Cattell Marte is like a thirty homer homer a year guy now. That's a, that's insane. And. But- yeah, but that was like a year and a half after the trade happened, like almost two years after the thirty home run thing. So did we actually? Did we? Could we ever see that actually happening? That that was he was no, like, I don't think light hitting, but nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw in that hind, coming. Hindsight, the deal is kind of bad. Yeah, uh, but oh, before we get too far, uh, I just realized that we totally forgot the, probably the biggest uh, dishonorable mention for catcher slash first base, and maybe this could be a DH dishonorable mention. Jesus Montero. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got him on the list for DH, for sure. Okay. We won't even talk about it right now. We won't <laughs> talk about ice cream sandwiches right now. Um, uh, so my dishonorable mention, you mentioned Rich Aurelia. I'm going to go with Pokey Reese. Ooh, that's a good one, know. too. Signed a deal in 2005. Never played a game. One year, $1.2 million. Never played a game with the Mariners, but he got, this, he got his money. Uh, he didn't play anything. Uh, he signed with the Marlins in 2006, but disappeared during tr- spring training there, too. So he was gone. Um, but anyway, <coughs> uh, Unieski Betancourt would probably be my big dishonorable mention. Uh, I, we talked about like him in 2008. He was like was a light-hitting guy for a while. And 2008, he went on a hot streak the last like six games of the season. But basically, made the Mariners the second-worst team in baseball. So we missed out on the first overall pick. However... I still think we picked Dustin Ackley the first overall. Like, no, not no, I, it was it was it was would, an obvious Strasburg. Like, no, it, it was an obvious Strasburg. But we're talking about the Mariners GM at that time. Like, was that Bavesi or something like that? Like, Probably, he yeah. made some horrible decisions. Like, well, like, and, and I, the funny would, thing is, I would every, not be surprised. The, the thing is, every GM in in baseball had the exact same top two on their board. It was Strasburg one, oh, yeah. Ackley two. So you can't really say that that was a, a mistake by the by the management and the general manager and the scouts or anything. Yeah. Everybody had that. It's just it just didn't work. Hindsight, I guess that's just hindsight. Right? Now now that we see it on like act what happened, it, it's a horrible thing. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to third baseman. I think there's really two really good picks here. So Terry, what do you have? Uh, it's got to be Kyle Seager for me. Uh, I, I love that guy. Yeah. I love that guy. He he is a vacuum cleaner at third base, which is is hard to a hard position to to play at that hot corner. Um, and he just comes out and he's a gamer and he's the, one of the most consistent players in baseball. Um, I, I I love Kyle Seager. Uh, some all right. My dishonorable mentions here. Here are the dishonorable mentions though. Um, Jeff Cirillo. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I and I remember I wanted the Mariners to get him. Like this would be a great get for the Mariners. I think he fits. He feels like a Mariner. And then we got him. And what happens when we get Mariners? They just don't work. And then Sean Figgins. I mean, that that was another yeah, one. It's just like that was a head scratching move. It's like okay, all right, we just had Beltre for a while. So uh, so let's get rid of you know the power hitting 
gold glove caliber third baseman. And what are we going to do? We're going to bring in a 5-6 utility player, put him at a power hitting position, and ask him to be leadoff batter number two behind Ichiro. And and see if, you know, he could, we could just have like two two leadoff guys. And yeah, he, he hit like 230 and couldn't stay on the field. And you don't put a 5'8 utility man as your everyday third baseman. That's yeah. stupid. And it's amazing because he was a great player with the Angels. Like, yeah, he but he really was already player. starting to deteriorate. He wasn't. He he had had a yeah. a bad year leading into it, which is why we got him on the cheap. It's like that's what we do. Oh, hey, you got a bad yeah. year, so we'll sign you for more than anybody else is offering, and hope that you bounce back. Yeah, that's true. Jack Sarinjic, there we go. Jack Sarinjic, Jackie yeah, Z, a great, great, uh, great draft guy. Anyway, yeah, like I said, I have one great memory with Sean Figgins, and that was that drag butt win in the opening day. Yeah. So. Yeah, any, anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, I have one. Scott Spezio. Mm-hmm. Scott Spezio. Uh, Mariners signed third base and Scott Spezio to a three-year contract worth $9.5 million back in 20, 2004. In his first year, the Mariners, Spezio batted at two fifteen, And, uh, yeah, he did not do so well. He only, Even though he only, uh, he only played 29 games for Mariners in 2005, and he was gone shortly after that. Well, and the funny thing is, two years before that, he's a World Series hero for the Angels. So, I mean, yep. it, 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 it was, again, another one that didn't make, it wasn't that bad, but it, it definitely wasn't good. Any ideas what his batting average was in 2005 in those uh, 29 games? Uh, I'm going to say 188. Ooh, you're generous. He had 47 at-bats, only three hits. He batted .64. Oh, gosh. With three hits. So, <sighs> yeah, he scored two runs. How's that possible? I still don't know. Three <laughs> hits, scored two runs. That's yeah, awesome. that's fun. Yeah. Anyway, and he, he kind of rebounded when he went to St. Louis. So, yeah, great. Of course Always he did. Gets, gets better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mine's Kyle Seeger as well for third baseman uh, for this dream team. It's my wife's favorite player. Like we always, she has a Kyle Seeger jersey. Like that was, I was like, she was picking a jersey. I'm like, you want to go with a safe bet? Go with your favorite player. He's not going anywhere. Kyle Seeger is a, a rock over there. I also like Adrian Beltran. I think that his he's a great defender. Um, granted, his numbers kind of fell off because they were ballooned in Dodger Stadium, but for that one big deal. But I think he was a pretty overall a good signing for the Mariners. He obviously he we would love to him to do better. Uh, but the thing but, is, as yeah, soon Kyle, as he left the Mariners, he earned that deal. Like he leaves the Mariners, he signs a one-year deal in Boston. He has a great season, and then he becomes a career Ranger for the rest of his career. And he's a three thousand hit, five hundred home run guy, isn't he? Yeah, that is true. And, yeah. So I mean, it, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And uh, the only blip on the radar is his, like, five years in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, so the, going to Greg Johns' list, this is funny. I'll read this uh, this poll that he had out. So he put a poll out. This week's vote for third baseman in Mariners' history. Edgar Martinez obviously will be the DH poll. So he's not counted for third baseman because he was a third baseman originally. Uh, who do you think the, um, the, the best Mariners' third baseman are? And the options you can get for on Twitter, David Bell. Beltre, Mike Blowers, or Kyle Seeger. The winner of this poll, with 46.1% of the vote, Adrian Beltre. Gosh. Uh, Hindsight's 20. To, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, view, they're not viewing Mariner Beltre. They're just viewing Beltre. 
Yeah, that's probably what it looks like. Yeah, 43.5 was Kyle Seeger. Dave, uh, Blowers got 6.7 and Bell got 3.7. David Bell his was a third five... baseman on that on that 2001 team, so you you can't yeah. discount his his uh, value to the franchise. Absolutely. So number one on his Greg Johns's list was Kyle Seeger. Number two is Adrian Beltre. Number three is Mike Blowers. Four is Jim Presley mm-hmm. from 84 and 89. Yep. Number five, David Bell. Uh, no honorable mentions. It looks like no honorable mentions. So yeah, that's that. That's that list. Let's go to uh, left field. I'll kick this one off. If I'm thinking left field, I got one guy, and they even had a song about him too. Raul. Uh, it's Raul Banez. I I love Banez. I, I he's always a fun guy. Uh, what I love him when he he was like the big power hitter for our teams like in the late like twenty uh, the you know. 2000s um i always have some like crazy memories i see him crack these home runs i think he set a club record like for most home runs by like a 40 what two year old or something like that he had like 29 or something uh for me i, I always loved abanias he's always been like one of my favorite players out there um also i guess randy Wynn would be a good one to throw out there as a you know as a, a, a fun guy to watch uh but if i had a pick Wynn. like Gosh, Randy, yeah, that's a that's a name. He had a, he he, he was uh, he's not that good, but I want to put him as like a worse thing. Do you like, remember? Do you remember how the Mariners acquired Randy Wynn? Yeah, they traded Lou Pinella. He he Lou was Pinello. yeah he was the the compensation from Tampa Bay for our manager. Yeah. Lou Pinella for Randy Wynn. I mean, <laughs> he made like yeah. four All Star teams for Tampa Bay too because he was the only player that was of any worth at the time. That was in, good in Tampa Bay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, that's the only, I think Raul Abanez is the easy pick for me at, uh, left field. Yeah. 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 yeah, That, that's my pick too. He, he, he was, he was awesome. I was, I was a huge fan of Raul his, in his first tour with the Mariners. I think, didn't he end up having, he ended up having like three tours with the Mariners. He did, Um, yes. Yeah. So when he first was a Mariner, I remember he hit the first grand slam in Safeco field history. Like he was, he was on the Mariners, like when that place opened. And just a bench yeah. guy that would come in and just an energy guy that came off the bench. Then he went and became a star with Kansas City. And then he came back and was an actual solid contributor to the team. Then left again and went around and played for some competitors, came back at the end of his career. Uh, I always loved Abanez. One thing that was really interesting, though, is how during the Griffey years, left field was such a revolving door. I remember hearing lists that there were like 30, 40 different guys that played left field next to Ken Griffey Jr. because they just couldn't find a good one. And uh, yeah. and Ibanez, what I mean, he was a little too young, but I think the best one that ever played next to Griffey was another one of those complete bonehead trades that they pulled off, and that was Jose Cruz Jr. Jose Cruz yeah. Jr. comes up. He's a lightning rod. He is an amazing player. He's doing such great things at the top of the order. And, I mean, we had, it was one, two, it was Cruz hit batted leadoff, A-Rod two, Griffey three, Edgar four, Buner five. And it's like, you couldn't get past that. And um, and then what do we do? In his rookie year, we trade him to Toronto for two no-name relievers. It's like, ugh, guys, come on. Why are we doing this? Why are we finally found our left fielder and you trade him away? And as soon as he gets traded away, the league finds out he can't hit a curveball. But he wasn't seeing any curveballs when he was hitting in front of A-Rod and Griffey. 
So let's keep them. Let's keep them on our roster. But that that was always one that that bothered me. That we finally found that guy to go along with Griffey, and then we get rid of him. So here are some of the other guys that went that went next to Griffey that just that are my dishonorable mention. Um, and some of them were next to Griffey. Some of them were a little after. But uh, Glenn Allen Hill. Glenn Allen yeah. Hill, horrible. How about Butch Husky? Yeah, he had that. He ran into the fence. Yeah, yeah, and they they they, they did the the tape line in the fence of him. Yeah, that that's always good. Um, uh, another one that that Todd and I always like. If we want to talk about a bad player, the like the name for that bad player is always Al Martin. That dude was. Dude, Al Martin. That dude was that, horrible. His was whack. Yeah, it was. It really was. And then, um, and then another like untapped potential that why did we do what we did? Uh, Shinsu Chu. We bring him up. <laughs> yeah. He he's like, okay, this is this is a, a young up and coming prospect. We bring him up for like ten games, and what do we do? We trade him to Cleveland for. Uh, I mean, it was it was either for um, for uh, Ben Broussard. I think it was Ben Broussard. Or or, yeah, Eduard, or, right, yeah. or Eduardo Perez. It was one of those two, because what we did that year, it's like, we we have no DH, so what we're going to do is we're going to make two separate transactions and to trade two top prospects to Cleveland to get their mediocre DH platoon. And so, yeah. and so like, we trade ben Bru- for Ben Broussard and Eduardo Perez, um, who platoon at DH for us, and they did exactly what they did in Cleveland. Hit maybe 240, 10 homers and that was it it's like why are we doing this what is wrong with what is wrong with our with our front office so yeah shinsu chu gave up on way 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 too early as yeah shinsu chu basically and like he there's a lot of stuff with him too it's like he he was a south korean player that had to go back and basically had an ultimate like he had to win like he had to lead the South Korean team at the World Baseball Classic, or if he didn't lead the team and do really well, that he would have to go serve in the mili- like the military. Oh wow! Like something like that. yeah, but he actually did it. Like they actually, he got to his team to a certain point where they said, "Okay, well you're good. You can continue to play." That's nuts. Because I think like everybody has to serve in the military. Like I think that's what I was reading. So yeah, that sounds right. Anyway, that's that's crazy. Uh, I, I think dishonorable mention for me. Uh, I'm not. It doesn't really say in the position, and I can't. At this time, two thousand eight, I think Ichiro was still there. Uh, Brad Wilkerson. Oh yeah. Only yeah. lasted nineteen games from the. Got signed up from the Expos. Yeah, did horrible. Like that was a bad deal that uh, Bill Vavasi did. So that was my dishonorable mention. Oh, you could uh, also okay. go with uh, Mac Williamson from last year. Matt. Oh, Mac. Yeah, Mac, Mac Williamson. Mac Williamson. Yeah, I think he hit. I, I think he hit one ten or something like that. But he started yeah, like thirty crazy. games because we didn't have anybody else to play. <laughs> yeah, who plays left field? Yeah, you can't just you can't just be like uh, little league and just put the worst player in right field this time. No, you have to put good players everywhere, and unfortunately, we don't. So, all right. Oh wait, Greg Johns. Let's see what Greg Johns said for left field. As it refreshes, Raul Banez. Number one on the list, had three stints for the Mariners. Number two is Phil Bradley, the mm-hmm. 80s pick. Number three, Randy Wynn, 2003-2005. Number four was, oh, I'm going to butcher this name, Tom Pakarek from 78 to 81. 
He had he hit 326 and as in his AL All Star season in '81. Okay. And then uh, number number five, Stan Javier. Stan Javier. <laughs> 2001. Nice. And his honorable mention is Griffey Senior. Okay. Griffey Senior. Uh, that, so that's a good call. That's a that's a pretty good call right there. Uh, center field, man. This position has haunted us the whole our whole team's history. There's a this bum out in center field every year. No, <laughs> Griffey Jr. is by far the obvious choice for best player in Mariners history. Like he's up there, like the top three players, like in Mariner history. Ninety-nine percent like vote total for the Hall of Fame, first ballot. Like Griffey Jr. built this franchise. He kept the franchise in Seattle in '95 because we were going to be moving to Tampa Bay. I was listening to this like, YouTube video clip about like the whole history of the Mariners, starting back when we first started all the way up to present day. And just like Griffey and Edgar and Buner and Pinella were all influential to keeping the Mariners there for how they were playing. And, yeah, they had horrible seasons every single year until 95, which they just broke out in like the late 90s. Like we were – if the Yankees weren't as good as they were and the Braves weren't as good as they, they, they were, you could you – could, throw in the conversation the Mariners could be the team of the 90s but just we could never get past the Yankees and like they were probably the third but Indians too I guess too the Indians were up there so like you have to mention like top five teams of the deck that decade the Mariners had to be up there I would think so because they were 95 to 2000 or 99 like they were in the playoff hunt and they had like some of the best players as well so uh yeah well uh, if we're not where we're we talking Griffey I would think my favorite one of my favorite ones was Mike Cameron I loved Mike Cameron. My high school baseball number was in 44. Mike was just a, a guy that we traded Griffey for, for to the Reds, and we got Mike Cameron back, and he became an all-star in 2001, became a gold glove, like ph- phenomenal defender, uh, hit a four-home run game, uh, had a four-home run game against the White Sox. And he um, almost hit a fifth in that game. He hit his, his fifth at bat. He oh, hit it to the right. warning yeah. track. That's right. That, that, that would have been nuts. Would that be a record, do you think? Oh yeah, that that's the the best. The best is four. No one's ever brought, yeah. been better than four. But the other the other crazy stat in that game, um, that um, only time in league history that teammates went back to back in the same inning. Uh, Cameron and Boone went back to back in the first inning in that game, twice. Wow. They batted around and they went back to back twice in the same inning. I told I didn't even remember that. Yeah. That's, then Cameron went and ended up hitting two more. That was and and all the quarantine stuff and baseball being off. They were playing random games on uh, on the the local network up here and uh, that yeah. I made sure to catch that game when it came on and it was ridiculous. Good stuff. That, that yeah. Mike Cameron. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. What do you have? Yeah. That's a that's a good call. I mean, if you're replacing the legend, because obviously obviously it's Griffey because Griffey is. Uh, you said top three. You're ridiculous. He's the best Mariner of all time. Um, he yeah. he is. You're, you're right. He is right. like I like I said. I was mentioning it a little bit before. He was so naturally gifted, and he just made it look effortless. He never looked like he was trying out there. Yet he he also always gave his all. Like you could, it's easy to be lazy when you're that good, and he never was. He was he was all out all the time. Um, and uh, there's a reason that Safeco was called the house that Griffey built because he's the one that that made that place happen. But like you said, Mike Cameron, replacing the legend, 
you come in and you end up being a solid player, a great contributor like that, it's almost impossible to replace replace someone like that, and Cameron did it. Um, a couple other names I had written down, uh, Franklin Gutierrez. Well, I, yeah, I, loved, I loved him, and if, it, if his health would have just held up, he would have been a, a great Mariner for a decade. And then one of those guys that... Um, that I always I, I always had a soft spot in my heart for, and I always wish he would have been better than he ended up being, was Michael Saunders. My, yeah. I, I always, man, I wanted him to be better than he was. <laughs> hey, he was, he, he was better at, for one season with the Blue Jays. Yeah, he, well, he, got, he was the final vote winner. I mean, it wasn't like he was, he was a yeah, I know. big-time yeah. all-star. Um, yeah. Dishonorable mentions, uh, there was... After Griffey, after Cameron, we make a trade. We bring in a guy. It was part of the, I think it was part of the Freddie Garcia trade to the White Sox. Uh, he also is the current hitting coach for the LA Angels, which I don't understand how he could be a hitting coach because he never could hit as an actual big leaguer. That's Jeremy Reed. Um, Dude, wow. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, that's a name. Uh-huh. That guy. I remember we brought him in. It's like, this is the guy. This is going to be the next great center fielder for the Mariners. Yeah. He was the next great prospect bust for the Mariners. And uh, so there was that. And then Taka, another gave up on too soon. I mean, the fact that we traded Adam Jones to the Orioles for a broken yep. down Eric Bedard is is laughable. Yet maybe not even a top five worst trade in Mariner history, which makes it, which is really sad. But uh, yeah. Adam Jones, how did how do we give up on that? He played like ten games. Like, well, we played ten games. And he could only hit one fifty for us. So let's trade him away. He's obviously not the prospect we thought he was. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Here's another guy that we gave up way too soon on, and he's not like he didn't set the world on fire or anything, but just another center fielder, Scott Pesednik. He played two seasons with the Mariners. And he only played 19 games with them, right? Yeah. But he was on he was on the 2005 World Series White Sox team, where Freddie Garcia won the World Series as well. It was on that fantastic like they just steamrolled everyone. He had no home runs that season in the regular season, but hit like a huge like playoff home runs. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like a great player or anything. He only batted like 280, but 280 is a pretty good batting average in 11 years. Like that's a pretty solid. He only had 42 home runs, but he stole a lot of bases at 309 stolen bases. Uh, 2004 alone, he had 70 stolen bases. That's that's a perfect example of a of a of a great former Mariner. Like he, we look at yeah. him and it's like, Neh. and then someone's like, well, we could get this out of him, and he ends up doing that. So, yeah, like he didn't have a whole lot of power. Like he had, his most home runs he hit in a season was 12, and that was in 2004 where he had those 70. And, he, and the year before he had nine, but before after that his most is seven in two thousand nine. So like he didn't have a whole lot of power, but he was fast. He played good defense. Like that's a guy that we could have used during a time like we didn't have anybody. Yeah, I but feel, I feel like I always felt like Scott Podsednik and Willie Bloomquist were kind of in the same in the same yeah, mold. I, I always yeah. I always paired them together in my brain of of Mariners, but Willie just hung around longer because he could play every position. Another guy we gave up way too soon on, like, I don't even know necessarily what happened to him, was Jamal Strong. I don't, like, this guy really didn't play, I don't think, at all in the Mariners, but he was a Tacoma Rainier player 
super fast. Like, he just fell off the face of the earth. Like, they were talking, like, Jamal Strong's going to come in next year and be this dip, this. Didn't this he get hitter. steroid, busted for steroids? I, I think that's what ha- what really happened. But he was in the same time as Bucky Jacobson. Like, that was yeah. the same kind of era. But he just, like, after that whole the steroid thing happened, I'm pretty sure, that, yeah, like, you're right. But he just fell off and no one heard from him again. Like, I remember having baseball cards of him. And just nothing happened. Like, he just fell off. Who was the center fielder that we rolled out there? Uh, oh, it was in, like, the last... the Sometime in the last decade. He ended up going on and playing in San Diego for a while. He, and when I say rolled, I literally mean rolled, because I think he was as wide as he was tall. Um, <laughs> oh, who am, who am I thinking of? Um, Ooh, gosh. Do you, you have no idea who I'm talking about, do you? You're gonna say the name, and I'm gonna remember. Who yeah, it is. I got. Like, I'm, that's usually what happens. I'm trying to find it. Oh, there's right, well, there's another wife, there's oh, another uh, uh, James Jones. Remember that guy? Oh man, that uh, tall, lanky kid. Yeah, another guy that's supposed to be pretty fast. Didn't really hit anything. I think if I remember yeah. right, he went to he went and uh, remade himself as a uh, as a pitcher. Ooh, Abraham Almonte. There we go. Abraham Almonte. Yeah, he's he just got called. He's still he's still playing baseball. He's still playing. Is he still as wide as he is tall? I mean, that dude. I don't know. I'll that dude literally fast. looked like he rolled around the outfield. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Abraham Almonte. I'll pull him up. Okay, so our next we're gonna go. Oh, actually, forgot Greg Johns here. Uh, Greg Johns, easy number like top number one. Griffey Jr. Uh, two is Mike Cameron. Number three is Franklin Gutierrez. Number four is Dave Henderson. And number five is Rupert Jones. So, 80s and 70s guys right there. So, yeah. I can't argue with that top five there. Uh, I'm going to look up Abraham. Almonte I've got him here. Fast. He is 5'10", oh 223. That's, that's big for a center fielder. He's only wow. he's only in his age 31 season. He's played four games for the Padres this year. I'm, I am shocked he's still in the league. Shocked. That's crazy. That's cra- call me shocked. Career batting <laughs> average, 237. Wow. Career OPS plus of eighty one. That's not good. Coach. How That's how do you good. last? How do you last? Like what is he? He's how much? How long has he been in the league now? Like eight nine years. How do you last eight years in the league if you play for the Padres? Padres and the and the Indians. He played Indians. Played for yeah. the, but he's never played more than uh, eighty two games in a season. Yet is still rolling yeah. around, literally at age thirty one. Good grief, Abraham Almonte. All right, let's move on. Right field, (laughs) right field. Uh, Right field, I think there's like three guys we can really mention here and be really confident. Well, we've really only had three right fielders for the last 30 years. That is true, actually. (laughs) And they are Ichiro, Jay Buhner, and you're throwing Mitch Hanniger in there, right? Yeah, yeah. Or is that somebody else? Okay, good. Okay, Mitch Hanniger. Um, Yeah, Ichiro, I think by far is the best player on this list uh fantastic uh fantastic hitter like he broke the all-time hit george sisler's record like i watched that had that recorded that was a fan like that was a amazing moment uh you know Ichiro has just done so much he's won an al mvp a rookie of the year in 2001 he had he has a hall of fame career coming like he's gonna get inducted in cooperstown i wish he would have hit got a hit in his last game of his career in Japan, that would have been nice, but uh, but he did go off as a he retired as a Mariner. 
Uh, Jay Buhner is another one that, like, a lot of people have some really fond memories. Like, he really kept the Mariners here in, like, the 90s. And, of course, I like I like Hanniger. Like, his defense is really solid. Like, he had, he's only had really one and a half good years. Unfortunately, he's been hurt and just, like, really bad injury. Uh, I really miss Mitch Hanniger. Like, there was something about that guy that he was gives us some good right-handed power compare, um, and plays off as Kyle Seeker's left-handed bat, too. So... Uh, I think those are like by far the three best. I'll let you a little elaborate a little bit more, Terry. Yeah, yeah. When you mention bad injury for Hanniger, I mean you really don't want to actually mention the bad yeah. injury. Yeah. <laughs> no, no yeah. one, no one wants a ruptured testicle. Uh, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> but yeah, he he just seems to be injury prone, and which is which is a bummer because he's a great player. I remember when we made that trade, and it was. We traded Taiwan Walker and Cattell Marte to Arizona for uh, for Gene Segura and Mitch Hanniger, and everyone said it was the Taiwan Walker-Gene Segura trade, and you look back on it, it was the Mitch Hanniger-Cattell-Marte trade. And, um, yeah, essentially, yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he's a great player. I hope he gets back out on, on the field, but looking at what our what our farm system looks like, my, the best the best he can hope for now is get back on the field so he can build up some trade value for the team because he, right field is... Our outfield of the future is Kyle Lewis, Jared Kelenic, and Julio Rodriguez. He, Mitch Hanniger is not has kind of worked himself out of the mix, unless one of the, those guys busts, and it, it certainly doesn't look like Kyle Lewis is going to bust, and uh, those other two look like can't miss guys. So, yeah, that's kind of which is kind of sad. Buner is, I mean, Buner's just fun. I, I love that he was around in the in the '90s, and I feel like him. You've got a crew of those guys from the, that core of the 90s that have just become all-time Mariners and just Seattle staples. And you, it's Jay Buhner, it's Mike Blowers, it's Dan Wilson, um, and uh, there was another one in my head, but I can't think of it right now. But yeah, th- these guys just, just live, eat, eat and breathe Seattle baseball, and you got to love that about them. And Ichiro is the best. I mean... Yeah. That you can't you can't get any better than that. Dishonorable mention though, like I said, there's really only been three guys that have played right field. My dishonorable mention is whoever is playing there this year, whether it whether it's Malik Smith or or Jose Marmalejos. I mean, Dylan Moore's having yeah. a, having a pretty good year. He, they've been putting him out there, but I mean he's not an outfielder. <laughs> he, yeah, he's he's, he's like a second baseman, but we got a second baseman, so he's turned into a pretty valuable utility guy. But yeah, our our outfield is hurting right now outside of outside of Kyle and center. So yeah, whoever is playing there right now, that's my that's my dishonorable mention for uh, for uh, right field. Good call. Yeah, that's probably mine too. I can't think of anybody else. And the guy that I, which I'm thinking about has played right field. But most likely is a DH, probably possibility. So yeah, I, th- them now. I think the only other guy really I, I think of when I think of Mariners right fielders is um, there was those couple years in there where we got Jose Guillen, and I think it was one year, and it moved Ichiro to year. center, and yeah. and we Jose got him. Jose Guillen did good that year. He did he did just fine. He was I'm looking at here he was a three and a half win player that year in 2007, and he was good. Yeah. But it, yeah. yeah, it was it was one of those. It's like. Like when the Braves got Vinny Castilla and said, "Chipper, yeah, you're a you're a Hall of Fame third baseman, but you're gonna play left field for a couple of years while we got this guy." Um, yeah, that was, it was it was the same idea comparison. there, and um, 
And then the one the one that I always wanted to be better than he, than he was, he was only a, he was a Mariner as a prospect, came back and then was just hurt was a uh, Michael Morse. I I oh, yeah. I thought that he came up and was he was going to be that that next A-rod at shortstop and then he left and turned into this like bulked up power hitter whose head was way too small for the rest of his body and uh <laughs> and then we got him as a right fielder and he had it like I remember he had like a an insane first two weeks of the year got hurt and like was never heard from again the rest of the year so yeah I remember when we got him, and he was just this gigantic guy, and I nicknamed him. He was the Mariner Morse. Uh, yeah. Mar- not the Mariner Moose. He was the Mariner Morse. That that was my nickname Miller for him. Mariner Morse, yeah. Yeah. It's, that's a good one right there. <laughs> uh, Greg Johns' top five for the Mariners is Ichiro, Jay Buhner, Mitch Hanniger. Basically what we said. Number four for the 80s pick is Leon Roberts. He played two, three seasons, 78, 79, and 80. Uh Let's see, Jose Guillen was number five for that one season of playing in the right field for the Mariners. Uh, I'm looking at it right here. Buhner started playing right field in 91. So he he took over in 91. Then Ichiro took over in 01 and played until 2012. And then you had like four seasons of middling nothing before Hanniger took over. So you're looking at literally four seasons well, five if you count this one. Five seasons between now and 1991 where one of those three was not manning right field. With the exception of, you know, when Ichiro got kicked over to center. Jose Guillen's stats, he had 99 RBIs in 2007. That's the fourth best total in franchise history for a right fielder behind three seasons of Jay Buhner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, honorable mentions. We have Al Cohen's. Cowens. Third among... Oh, Cowens. Sorry, my bad. Uh, ranks third among Mariners right fielders in games played. Danny Tartable uh, and Leroy Stanton and Michael Saunders teased the Mariners with his five-tool potential while playing three outfield spots. The Condor. The Condor. Big lanky kid out there. Okay. All right. What do we have next? Our next position, I guess, is the designated hitter. Edgar. 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 It's the only. It's the only. Pretty. Yeah. Well, it's the only DH. Well, there's one more. There is, because you got to mention the boomstick. Nelson Cruz, man, how is he still doing Jeez, it? Uh, he, he, had, he just hit another home run today. Gosh. Twins. I, that was one where it was like, when we signed him, I'm like, okay, this feels like this feels like a Mariners signing that's not going to work. And then it totally worked, and I, I, I love that guy. But, okay. Yeah. Even better, can can I go through my list of dishonorable mentions? Because since oh, go ahead. between Help Edgar yourself. and Nelson Cruz, man, we had some crap roll through designated hitter. So I mean, first on the list has got to be Jesus Montero, who we took yeah. like a hat yeah. like what two? He basically had the equivalent of what Bucky Jacobson did for us, as in a Yankee uniform, and we were like, yep, we're gonna trade our best young pitcher for that, that fat kid that can't do anything else. That that can't that is a horrible catcher. He has zero flexibility. He can't run. But that kid, we're gonna trade our best young pitcher, um, Michael Pineda, for that. And he did nothing. I mean, there's, I, I I I had a problem with him from the from day one when he decided. No, you know what? I want to wear number sixty three. 
that's that's a that's a powerful number right there. It's like you that's the number you get when you're getting called up for the first time. That's not a number you choose to be your number forever. That's a September call up number. That's a September call up <laughs> number. What are you doing? So yeah, Jesus Montero and then we had we had the, the a skid row there of guys like Jack Cust and uh and Oh, Jack Cust. Jose Vidro. It's like yeah, let, oh, let's God. let's get a let's get a, a Montreal Expos uh, rundown second baseman to be our our designated hitter. He hit okay for a little while, but I never liked that guy. And how about a, a, a Jackie Z special? When in doubt, go get one of your former Brewers. And we did that with Corey Hart. Yeah, he was one of those guys. It was kind of like Richie Sexton. He was built like Richie Sexton. He just couldn't hit the ball. And I think you got to throw in that dishonorable mention now, Daniel Vogelbach. I mean, that guy, he he teased us last year with like a good month. And since that, he's been hit, he's hit like 120 since. Mm. He, he's, and he, he needs, uh, he's this big, powerful dude. I think he needs to lose some weight. Watching him up there, it, he, he is so bulky. It looks like he's having trouble moving. How are you supposed to swing the bat if you like, can't get the bat to your shoulders because your biceps can't bend that much. That's what it looks he like. He hasn't elbows. He hasn't been his elbows. Yeah, he, and it, it, it he, I, 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 one of my predictions for the Mariners is Daniel Vogelbach doesn't make it to the end of the season. He he's gonna get traded at the deadline or DFA'd because we. The only reason he won't is because we don't want to bring up a prospect, and so. I mean, we got nothing else to roll out there at DH, so why not just put put Vogelbach there? I mean, what is it going to be, him or Marmalejos? Marmalejos, Marmalejos. <laughs> that's, that should be his theme song. Uh, that's what we sing every time he's up at our house. <laughs> good, good, that's awesome. Uh, dishonorable mention for me too. I, I'll throw another one out. You could maybe say right field, Carl Everett. Carl Everett, yeah. 2006, one season, $4 million, batted 227, two home runs, drove in 23, walked 29 times, 57 strikeouts, got thrown out 700 times. 700 temper, 700 temper tantrums. Carl season, Everett. Man, that guy. He had, he got, he had like a, he was really like, he had a hothead. He had a good seasons with the Texas Rangers. Because he got his head back on straight, then he went over here and just like everything fell apart. How about an, another great uh, turn into a great player as soon as he left us? Mark Trumbo. <laughs> yeah. he, he was a he was a decent slugger for the Angels. We trade for him. He goes in the tank. What do we do? We trade him to Baltimore. He turns into an All Star. Leads the league in homers. How about Kendrys Morales? Oh, Kendrys Morales break his leg on the home plate celebrating Kendrys Morales. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was a pretty good hitter for the Angels. Then he broke his leg, and then like he lost like all mobility, like and like he yeah. couldn't he couldn't run for the rest of his career. He did okay, but what I hated about him this all right, we sign him for a year. He has a decent year. We um we extend him the qualifying offer, which means yeah, we get draft pick something. compensation yeah. if he gets signed. He sits out through the draft, so so that uh the we lose our draft pick. Signs with the Twins, plays like two weeks for the Twins, and then we trade for him. It's like what? Yeah. What the hell are we doing? What? 
Typical Mariners. That, that was a Mariner move right there. It's like, oh, well, we lost our draft pick compensation. He didn't want to sign with us, so what are we going to do? We're going to trade for him. We're going to force you to play for us, even though you don't want to be in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Garbage. Pick. And we did. And you know why we traded for him? Because he had to replace Corey Hart. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I remember that now, yeah. We have nobody else to, who just hits. Yeah, that's yeah, ridiculous. Uh, Greg Johns' list, pretty easy. Edgar Martinez, Nelson Cruz, 1-2. Uh, three is Ken Phelps mm. from 83 and 88. Uh, we have Richie Sisk from 81 and 83. And Jeffrey Leonard from 89 and 90. So, yeah. It, uh, there's quite the, the fall-off after 1 and 2. Yeah. Uh, some honorable mentions. Willie Horton uh, and Kendrys Morales actually was there because his uh, 2013 was pretty decent he batted 277 with 23 home runs and 80 rbis but then like just struggled the rest of the season for us to give him that qualifying offer he had to have a pretty good year that first year so i'll give him that that is true so all right let's move into our uh, starting rotation that's just i'll have you mention your your what you have as your rotation all right well i'm if if your rotation if you are a mariner fan and your top i'm gonna go your top three in your rotation are not Randy Johnson, Felix Hernandez, and Jamie Moyer, you are not an actual Mariner fan. Um, because those 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 are the all-time Mariner greats when it comes to starting pitching. I mean, Randy is possibly one of the most dominant pitchers of all time. King Felix was the face of the franchise for 15, 16 years. And and Jamie Moyer was was from a bygone era of I'm going to throw soft and then I'm going to throw softer and it's going to throw you off. And he was, he did that and was our ace, our ace with an 82 mile an hour fastball for a decade, for a decade. So those are my top three, four, five, Hisashi Iwakuma, Freddie Garcia. Iwakuma never got enough love, never got enough respect. He was an amazing starting pitcher and, and pitched for us until he couldn't pitch anymore. I loved him. And Freddie, I mean, he was the the cornerstone of that Randy Johnson trade to the Astros in 98, and he delivered. He was the ace of the staff, one of the aces in the staff with uh, Jamie Moyer in 01, and uh, and really carved out a pretty great career for himself. And I always loved that once I heard that Felix's idol growing up was Freddie Garcia, I went, that, yeah, that totally know, makes right? sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Um, and some other ones that I considered, um, James Paxton, when he was on the field, was dominant and and as long as he was healthy. And then a couple, a few guys I always had a soft spot in my heart for. I, I loved Jason Vargas when we had him. I thought he was incredible. Um, Got to throw it out there for Todd. One of Todd's favorites was Joel Pinero. Uh, that, that guy was pretty great. And soft spot, the southpaw that I am. The third member of the Randy Johnson trio we got from the Astros. We got Freddie Garcia. We got Carlos Guillen and John Halama. I loved that guy. I love (laughs) that guy. And then just one of those guys that always is like nostalgia moment, Ken Cloud. I don't know why. I just always, I always remember Ken Cloud. Did you know Ken Cloud started the first turn ahead the clock night game? I don't know why I remember Ken that, Cloud. but that's that's how I I always remember that. Ken Cloud, Kenny Cloud. I didn't even realize he played that much. I thought he was a, a oh Ken Cloud. Let me double check his stats. Kenny I Cloud. That. I do know. I I remember his name. Uh, let's go look at the, my rotation as uh, Randy Johnson, Felix Hernandez, 
Garcia, Moyer, and Mark Langston. Yeah, Langston, uh, you he, can throw in there too. I just never saw him play with yeah, the Mariners. Yeah, same here. I, I was just going off the stats, and I, like I said, like a lot of lefties. And uh, but Iwakuma, that's a good call. Iwakuma definitely didn't get a lot of love. Uh, Ken Cloud, Baseball Reference. That's, that's a guy I haven't thought of. He only played three seasons. Yeah. For the Mariners, yeah, he was sixteen and sixteen. One of them, one of them was that. One of them was that start. Was turn ahead the clock night against the Royals. <laughs> that's crazy. That's nice. One of my guys that I'm a little nostalgic for is Gil Mesh, another guy that Gil we. Gil Mesh. Uh, Gil Mesh. He got traded to the Roy, or he went to the Royals and actually did a lot better. Uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I I I liked Gil Mesh. Uh, Paul Abbott, because like I said, like he wasn't. He had like a one good season, but that's oh, one. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, oh one Halama's it was a fun choice. I'm trying to think of other starting rotations. Dishonorable uh, mentions are pretty easy. There's a lot like James Baldwin, Carlos Silva. Silva was one that I had on my list. Yeah, Silva's horrible. Eric Bedard. You gotta uh, you gotta say Eric Bedard. Yeah, Eric Bedard. Um, what was the other one I wrote down? Oh, damn, Hector was... Noesi. Hector Noesi. Oh, Noesi. Yeah, I got it from the Yankees. Yeah. He, I think he was playing last year in base, uh, for a team. He, uh, yeah, he I, I, I couldn't believe he was still around. It was ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So they don't have a necessarily top five starting pitchers on Greg Johns' list. He broke about right-handed pitchers and left-handed pitchers. So right-handed pitchers, we have Felix Hernandez, number one. Garcia, number two. We have Iokuma, number three. Four is Eric Hansen. And five is Mike Moore. And uh, we have honorable mentions. We have Joel Pinheiro in there with 58 and 55 record. Uh, Chris Bosio was up there and on that list as well. Where's that left-handed pitcher stat one? Um, left-handed pitcher, I think it's pretty obvious. Like Randy Johnson is number one. Number two on his list is, where is it, Jamie Moyer. Three is Mark Langston. Four is James Paxton. Five is Floyd Bannister. I will say, give it a few more years. Marco Gonzalez might be on that list. He's in his honorable mention. Yeah. Marco Gonzalez is honorable mention. Uh, Matt Young and Ricky, or Rick Honeycutt, which he's become a really good uh, uh, pitching coach. Yeah. Wow. Rick Honeycutt was the Mariners all-star representative in the 1980 all-star game when he went 10-17 and with a 3.94 ERA and 30 starts for a 103-loss team. We were so bad. <laughs> wow. I love the Mariners. I'm trying to remember. Was it like, I think it was the 2003 season. Was that it? 2002? No, I think it was 2003 where we went the entire season with only five starters. I think that was yeah, it. Yeah, no one got hurt. Moyer, yeah, Garcia, Panero, Mesh, and Franklin. Ryan Franklin. Yeah, Ryan Franklin. Yeah. We went yeah, the Ryan entire Franklin. season. It's the only time it's ever happened in baseball history, I think. That that it that you an entire season where no one in your starting rotation got hurt. It's crazy. Alright, we All doing right, closer? That, yeah. Who's your closure? Or some bullpen guys you like. Alright, so uh, I'll I'll go I'll go my whole bullpen here. So closer, my my top guy, I love Kazuhiro Sasaki. The Fang, that thing, that, that was so much fun to watch. Um, and if you, the other one, I know he's thinking it up now. I loved watching Edwin Diaz. He was just electric. I got to say, though, yeah, that's... back in the mid to late 90s, closing spot was a chore. So number one with a bullet as worst closers of all time, Bobby Ayala. I could not stand that guy. 
It was like you <laughs> knew we were gonna lose if Bobby Ayala had to pitch, um, I, and and it was always if it was Ayala and Charlton would like alternate which games they were gonna blow saves in. It, uh, and so who do we replace him with? We replace him with guys like Jose Mesa, who was just as bad. But the the all time the all time great. If you're gonna talk about, I, I think it's it's one of the all time worst trades in baseball history. When we when we sent Jason Veritek and Derek Lowe to the Red Sox for Heathcliff Slocum. Yeah. Heathcliff Slocum. Had to be mentioned. Had to be mentioned. Heathcliff Slocum. So yeah, that's my closer stuff. Uh, I've got four relievers, two lefties, two righties. My righties, Jeff Nelson. I mean, we spent a couple different different uh, times with the Mariners. That that frisbee slider of his was unhittable. The other one's kind of a nostalgia pick, Jose Paniagua. Back in the in the Dude, late nineties, yes. early early two thousands, that guy was great. And the lefties, Arthur Rhodes, I love that guy. Easy. And and possibly the filthiest lefty we had out there, and I'm it was a bummer that his arm fell apart. Charlie Furbush, I loved that guy, and he was nasty from the left hand side, and his his arm just gave out on him. And but he was a great lefty specialist. Actually, came over to us as a starter and started a couple games. But then turned into be into one of the best lefty specialists in the league. I think he was part of that. I, I probably am wrong now, but the Eric Bedard trade. I think that's how we got him. No, we got um, him from. No, 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 we no, got I him from right Detroit. Here. I think it was. Was it, I think it was the Jared Washburn trade. That's what it was. The Jared Washburn. We got him and Luke French. That's right. That's what it was because we traded Bedard to the Red Sox that year. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Yeah, Washburn went to the Tigers. Yeah, we got. I know we got Furbish from the Tigers, and I think it was. I think it was the Washburn trade. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And Washburn, that's a dishonorable mention for pitching. He did fine for us. He did fine. He 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 yeah. turned around a decent trade. Got some trade value up. All right, dishonorable okay, mentions or yeah, relievers. All right, I've got I've got two main ones here. I have to mention. I mentioned the trade earlier. I didn't mention these names because these names will always be linked and always be bummers for me, and that's Mike Timlin and Paul Spoljarek, the two relievers, a righty and a lefty, we got from the Blue Jays for Jose Cruz Jr. And they they were they were horrible for us. We end up, I don't know if we traded him or Timlin, if we traded him or released him, but he ends up on the Red Sox and being a really solid reliever for them in their World Series run in 04 because that's what Mariners do. They go on to other teams and be much better. I know Timlin, like, I think Timlin got the last out of the 92 World Series for the Blue Jays against the, the Braves. Um, so, yeah, Timlin, Spoljarek, and then anybody pitching now because our bullpen this year is horrendous. Horrible. I mean, whether it's it's Altavilla or Brian Shaw or Anthony Masevich or Nick Margavisich or... I mean, who else is out there? It, it doesn't matter. They're all bad. They're all bad. It's, it's the worst bullpen. I mean, it, it rivals the, the mid to late 90s bullpens of how of just complete mediocrity. Yeah, that is true. But, hey, we still got Al, uh, Altuve out a couple times last night, and he looks awful now. Well, yeah, he was the uh, only one we got out. Yeah, yeah. So I was uh, the one positive. Yeah. The one positive. Uh, yeah, bullpen. I think I got Edwin Diaz. Like that one season that he had. Talk about the Mariners never trading a closer when they should. 
We've done that several times. This is the only time we traded closer at this peak value and got something out of it. And we also dumped off Robinson Cano at the perfect time too for to the Mets. And now that that trade looks like a win for us. That and, that was an amazing trade. It, it was it was a perfect time. Depoto nailed it cuz look at who look at what we got out of that trade. We got Justin Dunn, we got yeah. Jared Kelenic. Um yeah. we got we got Jay Bruce who we turned into somebody else. I forget exactly who. Or it, it some some prospect that might turn into something, but uh, and then we got uh, uh, Gerson Bautista too, who might turn into a pretty good reliever. Throws 100 miles an hour out of the bullpen. He just can't keep his arm healthy. So yeah, that's true. So that was that was that was a good trade. But Akasazaki, I also always my nostalgia pick was JJ Putts. JJ Putts, yeah. Oh yeah, Putts, yeah. I I, I enjoyed JJ uh, coming out to thunderstruck. <laughs> or, no, no, sorry. That was that, maybe that was David Ardsma. David Ardsma came out with an ACDC song. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, both of those guys were fun. My bullpen, uh, Jeff Nelson, Arthur Rhodes. Uh, those were really a lot of fun guys. Um, I want to say Carson Smith. However, he only played like a handful of games, but we traded him to the Red Sox, and he like fell off the planet with injuries, unfortunately. That's right. But he was right. supposed to be like a really good, good flamethrower guy. Um, who unfortunately just got like his arms got tore up. I'm, I'm really trying to think of like bullpen guys, but there's been a, a thousand of these guys that are all the same, all the stats. Um, like I remember Paniagua, Norm Charlton. Like I, he was hit or miss sometimes near the end of his career, but I actually met him. Oh, that's cool. Autograph. Yeah, I, I got his autograph at um, a GI Joe's, like the grand opening of a, like a sports like supply store yeah. over in lakewood uh which is unfortunately closed down now <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I actually met him uh, so that was that was pretty fun i was always um, a big danny farquhar fan da- danny farquhar there we go that's, that's a guy I, I like him he was actually the guy who was instrumental uh he picked up on the uh the astros cheating too right so, yeah yeah good for danny and unfortunately he can't play anymore because a head injury yeah, I had a that was had a, a brain aneurysm, didn't he? I think that's what it was. Yeah, that's but yeah. Farquhar, that was a good pick too. Uh, dishonorable mentions. Every single handful of guys that are the same exact thing. <laughs> There's so many of these people. Like it's 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 everybody blends in together. That's the bullpen is our our biggest weak link. We have like one good guy, and that's about it. And we ride him to death, and then he's gone. <laughs> so. Oh, here, honorable mention, Mike Myers. Do you remember Mike Myers? It, left-handed, uh... Yep. Left-handed, like, sidearm guy. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the greatest, but seeing that delivery, that was always fun. So, yeah, Mike Myers. An- another another great lefty left that would talk about awkward, awkward lefty. Uh, Brian Fuentes played for us before he went to be the closer in Colorado. That's right. I've, yeah. Oh, that was one of the games, the Colorado... The Rockies game last night was on Buffalo Wild Wings, and I was I went out to dinner there, and I was watching their game, and behind the uh, home plate, there was all the different Rockies players. I was like, "Hey, there's Seth Smith, there's Brian Fuentes. Those guys used to be Mariners." I was like, "That's so crazy," but they were wearing their Rockies, uh, their uniform. I feel like half the I feel like half the league used to play for the Mariners. Yeah, like we were the farm team for the Royals and the Yankees for a while, the Phillies as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And they always went to the World Series. So, well, uh, 
I actually came up with a, a starting lineup for mine, my team, real fast. I'll just give out that. Uh, number batting leadoff is Ichiro. Two is A-Rod. Three, Griffey. Four, Edgar. Five, Kyle Seeger. Six, Brett Boone. Seven, Raul Abanez. Eight, Alvin Davis. And number nine is Dan Wilson. So a lot of left-handed power and a lot of power in that lineup uh, for me. Um, yeah, this was like my, mine's top. probably close to that too because I'm I'm looking at yeah. my my top guys. You got to go Ichiro one, probably A Rod two, yeah. Griffey three, Edgar four. I probably go Cano five. That's a good uh, call. Then I've got uh, Seager, Seager. Nah, probably Sorrento six, Seager seven. Mm-hmm. Wilson eight, Ibanez nine. Man, that's, that's, that's a, good, a one. good just... grief. That's got a lot of power in it. Yeah, I, I was looking on my, my line. I was like, damn, there's so many different, like, hitters that we've had. Like, that just can just mash. But unfortunately, like, we've never had consistency throughout, like, the whole entire lineup. Yeah, it sure is fun when it all it all comes together. Exactly. Uh, so, of course, let's just do the, like, let's just do a Mount Rushmore for Mariners real fast. What's your top four players in Mariners history? Yeah, well, all right. Yeah, this is a, it's it's so tough now. It's really tough. I'll I'll start it off. Go what ahead. You think? Well, we had we have to say King Griffey Jr. Yep. I'll say number two, Felix Hernandez. Okay. Uh, fortunately, uh, no, no, not unfortunately. That he deserves to be there because he led our team through a lot of bad years. Oh yeah. Cy Young winner. Uh, three, gotta go. Um, Edgar Martinez. Edgar Martinez. Yeah. Uh, and number. Four, I'm gonna cheat. Dave Niehaus. <laughs> that is cheating. The voice of that the mayor. Okay, I won't cheat. Okay, I'll go number um, number four. I'll go Randy Johnson. Almost the same as what That's I've the, got. I've got yeah, Griffey, Edgar, Felix, same. Ichiro. Damn it! Why did I forget Ichiro? Yeah, Ichiro. Yeah, Ichiro should be my number four because he led the team through a long decade as well. So, but if you but if you and, don't have, yeah. I mean, Randy is right there too. Uh, I think it's it's not long before you start talking. Does Kyle Seeger belong in there? I mean, Jamie yeah. Moyer is right on the outside of that too. Kneehouse is a great call too. Yeah, I mean, that's not necessarily totally cheating. cheating. But... I, I I agree that he he belongs in the conversation. I mean, when yeah. you're the first, the ceremonial first pitch of opening up your brand new ballpark is thrown out by your radio broadcaster. I mean that that shows just how yeah. important you he is to the franchise. Yeah, there's there's so many times where like uh, an athlete would pass away that I really get emotional, or like somebody related to any, any sports things. But obviously, like uh, like Kobe Bryant was pretty emotional. Uh, Jose Fernandez of the Marlins, mm-hmm. I was kind of like that was a sad one, and Dave Niehaus, like I remember like sitting in the parking lot listening to sports radio, hearing that he actually like he passed away. I just sat there for like twenty minutes, oh, I was like just thinking, I was like, damn, that's that wrecked me when that horrible. happened. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, great, now we have uh, like Rick Riz and Dave Henderson, which they're fine in their own right, but like it's not Dave, it's not Dave. Mm-hmm. He's been there forever, and uh, yeah, and. Do you have anything you want to close with before we uh, wrap? Uh, well, so we can wrap this up. This so, so uh, usually, well, first I want to I want to shout out. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, this course, was a, yeah. this was a whole lot of fun, um, and uh, uh, we're recording this on on Saturday the fifteenth. Tomorrow we'll be recording a new episode of the regular Almost Sideways podcast that'll be coming out. 
Uh, we're going to be reviewing uh, Project Power, the new Jamie Foxx movie on Netflix. We're going to be talking about the uh, the most sub, um, what would, how do we phrase it? The most unexpected performances of the last decade. And we're going to be doing a Mount Rushmore of the most unheralded movies of the last decade. So that'll you can look uh, look at for that. And we always end almost sideways podcast with a quote of the day and i was sitting here thinking of one and i i i have to quote here um this is uh, an old sports center commercial and uh and this is a uh, seattle native i think even federal way native kenny main uh he he's trying to come up with uh, the best home run calls he can and so he's sitting in in the the video room watching a home run of Ken Griffey Jr. over and over and over again, trying different home run calls. Do you remember this commercial? I do remember. Yeah, yeah. And so so there's like, it's never iffy if it's Griffey. Or it must be a Homer Simpson because the pitcher just went, dope! <laughs> I'm the ruler of all the land! Yahtzee! And like he just playing it over and over and over again, trying out all different ones. That, so that's my quote there. And it's it's a great it's a great commercial because it just is showing Griffey hit homers over and over and over and over again. Yeah, that that's a that's a good commercial, man. There's so many great Mariners commercials. Well, quote of the day for me: Gotta bust out the rye bread and uh, mustard, Grandma. It's grand salami time. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go with that one. But to close out the episode, we will leave it to the '95 playoffs, the double. Take it away, Dave, and here's the call. They would love a base hit into the gap, and they could win it with junior speed, the stretch. And the 0-1 pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Swung on the line, down the left field line for a base hit. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to third base. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to play for the American League Championship. I don't believe it. It just continues. My, oh, my. Martinez with a double ripped down the left field line and they are going crazy at the kingdom.